We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Chodesh Tov. <clears throat> Chodesh Tov means good new month. Today's new moon indicates the beginning of a new Hebrew calendar month, Elul, which starts this Shabbat. This happens to be one of my favorite times of the year, a time of turning inward, a time of receptivity, and a time of a certain type of introspective creativity. Elul is the month that precedes the high holidays, a month punctuated by daily blasts of the shofar, the ram's horn, a time for practicing listening, listening to the music beneath the words, the prayer prior to prayer, the still small voice within us, so often crowded out by the clamor of life. Just as we need to prepare on Friday to make Shabbat, at least by coming to Romamu, if we didn't, we could find that Shabbat arrives and we aren't ready for it. Elul, the sixth month of the year, counting from Tishrei, is the Friday of the year that helps us get ready for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Elul aids in our beginning the new year by allowing this one to end. Elul begins the entire tshuva process, the practice of return, as being demonstrated right now. Lashuv means to return. It's a type of homecoming. A type, a time for recognition, remorse, resolve, repair, and renewal. Many mark this time by reaffirming their commitment to Jewish practice or mitzvot, as evidenced by the many folks who come out of the woodwork and show up at shul. But this drasha is not to lambast the so-called once-a-year Jews, or even to encourage those of us here in the room right now to begin this tshuva process ourselves. This is more of an invitation to inquiry, an experiment, a try-it-and-see-if-it-fits exploration of what is happening in our world, in our own lives, at this time, today. Rosh Chodesh is new moon time, a time of concealment, inwardness. Unlike the beautiful, powerful full moon, Rosh Chodesh is not flashy, showy, ostentatious. In fact, today's particular new moon is called a new black supermoon. New because, like every month, there's a time that the moon remains in the shadow of the earth, unilluminated, and becomes newly reborn so-called black because we've actually had two new moons this calendar month in most places on the planet, and super because due of the elliptical orbit of the moon around the Earth, this is one of the times of the year that the moon is closest to our planet. When the moon is so close, 
and at its darkest, these facts combine to have a more powerful effect on the tides of our waters. Do you feel this new black supermoon? It's not something you can see, but perhaps you can sense it in your cells. This week, we are also several weeks into the readings of Devarim, the fifth of the five books of Moses, also known as Deuteronomy. Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs teaches how this entire final book is modeled on an ancient type of contract once familiar throughout the ancient Middle East. These britot, or covenants, always follow a common form. They describe and proscribe a relationship between suzerain and vassal, or powerful overlord and his, yes, it was always his, subjects. The innovation of Torah, however, was to apply this contract between a human group and a celestial being, between Israel and God. In previous week's Torah portions, Rabbi Sachs noted, we have heard the preamble, which establishes God's pedigree, and the historical background to the agreement between Israel and their patron. This week, Parshat Re'eh, is one of several sedrot, weekly readings, articulating the stipulations of the deal. That is the general and specific provisions guiding this relationship. Our parsha begins, Re'eh, Anochi noten lifnechem hayom, bracha uklala. See, I place before you all, today, blessing and curse. So if we think, think back to the first explicit question in the Torah, is when God asked the garden-dwelling Adam, Ayeka, where are you? This is the first question, ex first explicit question of our Torah. Ayeka, where are you? God knows full well Adam's coordinates. This call, where are you, is not God's faulty GPS, tracking the blinking blue dot of some soul on a map. God is asking this question. And all of us, all of the time, where are you on the inside? What is your motivation? What do you know about who you are and what you are doing? So to this re'e, see, look, check it out, pay attention. It's not literal. The pull of celestial orbits, this inner gravitation, the alchemy of transformation is something we can't explicitly see, but can intuit or visualize with our inner eye. Re'e, anochi, look, I, anochi, I, or something like me, ke'ani, I, the voice of the witness, the higher self, the highest perspective, found through grace and insight, self-knowledge. It always remains something we must look for, but God loves games, and God knows so do we. This is a cosmic game of hide-and-seek, of peekaboo. Re'e, anochi, noten. Look, I, I am giving, no ten, giving, continually giving. Our Torah is a document from the past, but its voice is not a history. Life is a continual revelation. No ten, present tense, look here, see here. I am giving you something right now, this very moment. And this you I am giving to, Alechem Re'eh, Anochi Noten, Alechem, you is plural. Look, I give y'all. Yet the verb 
see the imperative remains in the singular. The Torah speaks to the individual's multiplicity. Look, you, you who contain myriads, I continue to reveal myself to you through your life, through all of your parts. Your sometimes painfully contradictory parts. I reveal myself to you in what your heart is in, in what you aspire to, in what you have made your own, and your regrets, your remorse, your resolve, your repair. What is this continual giving we we are alerted towards receiving? I give you blessing and curse. Blessing and curse. Binaries are easy and tempting. To reduce the world to halves, to parse with a blunt instrument. Good on one side, bad on the other, it's black and white. And in fact, binaries are incredibly powerful binding agents. When I make any outside, I have also created an inside, an in-group. I can now belong to my side. But what if this blessing and curse, to use a fancy literary term, is actually a merism? Heaven and earth is probably the most famous example of merism, which joins together two opposites to refer to a whole. In a beginning, God created heaven and earth. Doesn't mean God created just the two things in that list, heaven and earth, but earth and heaven and all things in between, all the things. So too with blessing and curse. Look, I am placing before you right now the entire spectrum of social possibility. Not some good, blessed things over here and some rotten, wicked things over there, hermetically sealed and neatly parsed. No, I continually transmit a continuum of possibilities, and I want you to choose. What follows in our Parsha are the general and specific provisions of belonging within the suzerain-vassal relationship with God. Very frequently in the Torah and in other documents contemporary to the Torah, the command to love God or to love the suzerain meant to be one of God's many lovers, to belong to a beloved community, to choose as an individual in a collective to belong to the song of life. Back to Elul for a moment. Each month in the Jewish calendar is associated with a letter, one letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Elul's letter is Yud, the smallest of letters. Such good timing, this kid. The Greeks called the Yud Iota. Even if you can't visualize a Yud, you can imagine it as the chisel tip of a calligraphy pen. It's the shape a quill makes when it touches the parchment, but the scribe has not yet made a stroke. The Yud is a first kiss between ink and paper. In this sense, Yud is the building block of every other letter. Each character can be seen as a Yud extended through space. Tshuva is returning to this elemental and essential simplicity. The calm, dimensionless depth and breadth of who we are before artifice and without strategies. Elul is a time for collecting and reconnecting the dots of our inner lives. This Yud precedes and transcends and includes 
all binaries. The word Elul is also a well-known acronym. Ani l'dodi v'dodi li, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine, from the Song of Songs. Midrash teaches that Elul is also a time when, quote, the king is in the field, a metaphoric way of saying the forces which guide our lives are a little more palpable, not so distant, but very close at hand. Lover, I want you to choose to hear the song of life. There are no interruptions, a friend of mine once told me. I want you to choose in this eternal relationship to make relationship eternal, to always relate, to always choose connection, to wrestle with how to be a refraction of revelation in your own days and in your own ways, to mirror life as love. And along with these daily shofar blasts, which aim to wake us up and orient us to the simple, essential matters of our lives, we also add Psalm 27 to the daily liturgy. Its most familiar line is, that psalm ends with the words, Were it not for seeing the goodness of God in the land of living, the land of life? Lule, were it not for, is the word Elul backwards. Which hints at the notion, but by the time Rosh Hashanah comes along, that is at the end of Elul, we can, and if, if this time feels right and the process works within us, that we might be able to look back over Elul and say, Lule, were it not for all of the new black supermoon magic in my life, the tides inevitably pulling me towards my core, my essence, my homecoming, were it not for all the mistakes and foibles and shortcomings and false starts and distractions were which were actually main attractions and betrayals which were actually redemptions, were it not for all the forces I cannot see or understand, the gravitation and magnetism and synchronicity, were it not for the unseeable yet imminently knowable spiritual worlds guiding and providing for me, I would not be able to live in this life with all of its dazzling blessing and curse to be in the dance of giving and receiving of endless illimitable relationship to receive the yud with its humility and simplicity and abiding gratitude may we all see so clearly what this life is asking us to receive may we all enter this moon time with the yud right-sized and irreducible to this month of Elul Anila Dodi Vidodi Li of being related, of being a lover and being so loved so that we may look back at the month and this entire year and all of our lives with the eyes of Lule were it not for all of my life, every detail, each piece so far to be able to stand together on Hayom Harat Olam, the day of Rosh Hashanah, the birthday of the world, to hear the call of the shofar, our own world, wordless prayer, and the song of our homecoming. Shabbat Shalom.